Welcome to the Restoration Church Weekly Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you are inspired by today's podcast to pursue your God-given calling to reach just one more. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, Restoration Church. Uh, great to see you. My name's Nate, and um, the lead pastor here and our, uh, our, our church, we gather together and listen to the preaching of God's word from Dover, from Plymouth, from Milton, and from Bethlehem, New Hampshire, and uh, so excited to get together and start this new series today. Just a little bit for you to know, um, in a... I don't even know what day it is today. So in a couple of weeks, Michelle's going to be preaching. And then one of my friends who pastors a church in Ohio, he'll be preaching the week after that. And then uh, for those of you who know, we, we, traveled to, to, um, we traveled to Africa just about every single year we go and we work with an orphanage in the church there. We've been doing that for a couple of decades now. Well, Bishop Mordecai is going to be in the house too in September sharing and preaching. So a lot of uh, fun stuff coming up. Listen, I want to give you two quick reasons why you should come to worship night tonight. Number one, you could come as a response to last week's message. All right, we preached on worship, and, and so you can come and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not just hear the word, but I'm going to be a doer of the word, so you can show up for that. Two, you could show up tonight as a response to today's message. And so we'll talk through and, uh, and work through today's message and just hope that we don't just listen. Oh, that was nice. Oh, wonderful. Oh, nice. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, but that we are actually trying to listen to the word with a response to it. God, change me. God, help me to respond. God, help me to become more like you. God, help me to get over, to get over all these hindrances in my life. And so one of the things that we like to do is take time and answer people's questions, questions that people are asking, questions that people want to know. So the question of the day that I've been getting asked over and over again is, what does your shirt mean? So we'll just stop and answer that for everybody. It says DYD alum or alumni. I've never actually looked at the shirt myself. I've just worn it. And um, DYD stands for District Youth Director, which is a position within our denomination. Uh, Pastor Travis, if you see him this morning, he, he currently fills that role and he's filled it for a number of years. And though that's just a leadership role to help our youth pastors and our kids, men leaders, and our teenagers and kids in the district. And so anyway, I did it a long time ago. And so the denomination gave me this shirt as a gift while I was away in August. So there, now you all know, and um, you're like, I really didn't care. Well, <laughs> listen, sorry. So listen, the series, Be Known, we want to talk about being known by God. We want to talk about being known by other people. And part of the part of the process and one of the things that will help us is if we know ourselves. So God has created us. He's given us a mission. And we've, we talk about this over and over and over again, but we do seem to forget. And he has placed an assignment upon our life. So we, there's this big picture mission that every Christian has. We verbalize that here by saying just one more. But then there are specific assignments on each of us. So I'm currently serving as lead pastor here. Travis is currently serving as DYD. We have Rachel Mullins, who's serving as a missionary in Honduras. Bishop Mordecai, who's serving as a pastor of pastors in, 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 in Tanzania. We all have our assignment. 
Some of you are assigned to be school teachers. Some of you are assigned to the marketplace. Some of you are assigned. We're all in different places. And we want to just kind of every once in a while check in and say, hey, God, am I still where you want me to? In my conduct, in my practice, in my life, am I still where you want me to be? And that's a kind of a good thing to do. Always making sure that you're on the path that he has for you. Sometimes, though, our response to God is to give him an excuse. So maybe there's an assignment on your life that you've never stepped into. Maybe there's a new assignment waiting for you that you are avoiding at all costs. And you, when God gives you the assignment, here's what I want you to do. Here's, here's the next step you need to take in walking out the Christian life. Here's the next step for you to take as you're becoming more like my son Jesus. And we give him the reason or reasons why we cannot take on the assignment. Here's what you're going to do. God, here's why I can't. Let me remind you. Here's what you're going to do. God, let me remind you. Here's why I can't. Let me get think, uh, you know, a couple of famous examples of this in scripture would be Moses. God shows up to Moses. Moses is about 80 years old. And God says, hey, you are going to be my spokesperson to Pharaoh. And Moses' response was, God, I I don't know if you know this or not, but I actually have a stuttering problem. So I can't be your spokesperson. Was that news to God? Was God surprised? No. But God said, no, this is the assignment on you. Another one, Gideon. And we can think of Gideon and, and God said, hey, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. You're going to lead the army. And Gideon kind of looks back at God and is like, God, I, I think you've shown up to the wrong house. I, I don't know, there seems to be a mistake here. I'm, I'm nobody here. You know, I, I'm not a, a gifted athlete. I'm not a, a war veteran. I'm a nobody here. And so I actually shouldn't do this because nobody follows nobody's God. And so you want me to be your leader, you gotta pick someone with a bigger resume. It can't be me. Like Moses and like Gideon, God has called you. Even if you're yet to put your trust and your faith in him, God has called you. And he's called you into his community. He's called you into the church body. He's called you to share his good news. He's called you to be involved in helping other people. He's called called you to serve other people. He's called you to be a part of the local church. He's called you and you say, hey, God, Hey, God, hey, God, I can't. And you begin to list him those reasons. I want to talk about one of those reasons, which is going to affect probably a little bit more than half of you today. But sometimes we say God calls us into his assignment. And we say, God, God, I can't. I'm introverted. I can't do what you're asking me to do, God. God, I can't share your good news. God, I can't share my faith, my testimony. I can't get involved. I can't be in a circle. I can't grow. I can't do these things because I'm introverted. Listen, I need you to hear me very, very clearly because we need to eliminate this from our vernacular, from our excuse pile, from any part of culture of Restoration Church. Listen to these five words. Introvert is not a disorder. Can you hear? Can we stop using it 
as, as a, a life debilitating condition. Hey, we need you to hug everybody and shake their hands at the door. Oh, sorry, pastor, pastor, this is embarrassing. But actually, I can't do that. No, you can. You get a great smile. You've got exceptionally long arms. You can do it. And we're like, pastor, I've got a disorder. It's known as infectious diarrhea. And we're like, oh, sorry, yes, sorry. I, I had no idea. Let's use your long arms to, uh, to, to hang up signs <laughs> uh, and, and hang up balloons. We'll use that. You can, you, that'll be your job. We, we, but we use introvert like, hey, God, I can't do that. I've got to let you in on a little secret. <laughs> and and, and uh, listen, I, I speak of this as someone who suffers from this, right? Which is obviously isn't true at all. I want to show you a picture of my Myers-Briggs assessment that I had done about a decade ago. Extrovert, introvert, here's Nate Gagne filling most of these, and then just one thing that's confusing to most people, this says gregarious, so I'm introverted, but also I like to be up on stage and make people laugh, <laughs> so it helped me out if you'd laugh. <laughs> so thank you for that, you're grounded. So we, um, listen, I understand this, I get this, there's no part of this that is a, uh, that is a uh, limiting factor in what God's able to do through my life what God wants to do through my life or in any assignment he ever puts before you. There's no part of being an introvert that keeps me from living the Christian life and obeying the commands of scripture. Neither does it for you. Now, when we talk about introvert, uh, introvert and extrovert, the, maybe the one thing that we forget is this is one assessment of four different areas. So, for me, ISTP, this is only one-fourth of the personality that I have. And so I cannot let a quarter of my personality dictate and become my identity of my life, which we, maybe we have, maybe you have. These assessments, whether it's Myers-Briggs, whether it's DISC, whether it's Enneagram, whether it's Working Genius, whether it's, uh, I'm trying to, you, you know, which 90210 celebrity are you most like? These, tool, these are only but tools to help you grow. This in no way is a, an excuse to stagnate. This is not to help you say, oh, thank goodness, I found the loophole from the Bible. <laughs> Gather together and pray. Can't do it. I've, I'm in a tour. <laughs> I can't, can't do it. This is not that. Listen, let me just explain this to you because you're using this as an excuse to be involved in a circle, to be involved in Christian community, to know each other, to serve each other, to be involved in each other's lives. You're saying, I can't. I'm introverted. Listen to me. Healthy introverts are not recluses. They're not like alone and isolated and all by themselves. So let's talk through this, a couple problems. Problem number one, 
And if you're not an introvert, this is go, you attach this to any other personality trait that you're using to ignore God and uh, to try to get your own way. Problem number one, a focus on characteristic and not character. Problem number one, a focus on characteristic over character. This is a problem because you're taking a characteristic of your personality and you're using that in re to replace and to focus and to give excuse on growing in Christian character. Introverted doesn't mean that you're unable to talk to people. It doesn't mean that you don't have to be a Bible study or circle. It doesn't mean that it's your excuse not to hang out with people or to invite people to hang out with it's, it, or, or to invite people to your home. One of the things that we misunderstand in Scripture and that we maybe we don't place a high, enough, um, a high enough value on, but in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, one of the values of God followers, one of the, one of the virtues of Jesus followers is the, is the practice and the character of hospitality. And this is not, hey, all the extroverts, let me, you're going to be hospitable. This is true for everyone. Let's show a couple of scriptures here to back this up. So in 1 Timothy, we see the character of Christian widows. We'll look at this. It says, let a widow be enrolled if she's not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works. If she's brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and devoted herself to every good work. So they're creating a care program. So everybody's asking for help. How do we know who to help? One of the things, this character of a Christian widow, character even, it's showing after she was a widow, but what's her character? She's shown hospitality to others. This is one of the key Core check marks. Um, characteristic of, or the character of Christian leadership in First Titus uh, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. It means, you know, above reproach means to say that you, people can't even say bad things about you. They can't whisper about you because you're living your life in such a way that that people aren't getting, getting the wrong impression. So an example of this would be, um, I'm trying to think something that's not so stupid. Um, when you hand me cash in the lobby and you say, hey, pastor, will you take my tithe? I say to you, will you go get an offering envelope, write your name on it, and then seal it? and then put it in the basket in the back, rather than me just walking around the lobby taking your cash and putting it in my pocket and someone thinking, they're paying Pastor Nate not to preach about their sin. <laughs> so, um, you must be above reproach. He must, be, he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. Sounds good. But hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. We think, what do we want from our Christian leaders? They should be holy. 
They should be upright. They should be sober. They should be hospitable. Hospitable. A key character trait of a Christ follower. And then lastly, you're like, well, perfect. I'm not a widow nor a leader. Well, listen, let's just paint the brush stroke broad here. The character of every Christian, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. We love that part. We tend to forget the next verse. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Show hospitality to one another. And we're, you know, I don't, I don't know how many of us are, but I can't, uh, you know, we're just using this introvert again as a disorder, as an excuse, as, hey, I cannot do any of these things. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to go home and watch Netflix. Sorry, pastor. We're using it as an excuse to disengage. You're, again, you're focusing on a characteristic. It's a characteristic. And instead on the character that Christ is telling you to have and to build. Problem number two, neglecting personal development. So maybe you don't have the, maybe you don't have the character of being hospitable. It would be your, it would be your, um, it would be your, I don't, I was hoping that would make the word come, it, but it would be your responsibility to identify, I don't have this character trait in my life, I will work to develop it. It's your responsibility. I think about it in marriage. I've got a short temper, my wife has a short temper, we're yelling at each other. I don't sit around and wait for my wife to develop a, a, a long temper. I don't wait for her to develop patience and self-control. I go to decide, oh, wait a minute, we're going at it like cats and dogs here. Um, I better grow. I better learn to shut my mouth. And if I don't do that, I've got to be responsible for my character, for how I'm talking, how I'm acting, how I'm reacting. I can't just say, well, you know, I just, she does it, so I do it. I'm responsible for that. So this character development, sometimes what's going on inside of you has nothing to do with you being introverted, but that's what you're communicating. The thing holding you back is not that you are introverted. Maybe it's that you've never developed any skills. So listen, if Napoleon Dynamite, sorry for the old reference, if he could get some skills, you can get some skills. Conversation, communication, generosity, hospitality. How can you develop that? We had, we had the, 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 the board of the church over our house for dinner last week, and I tend to, uh, what I've been doing the last year is we've just been buying food from a restaurant and bring it in. So we, we, we put in the order, we drive to Manchester, we pick up the food from Royal India, we bring it home, we feed everybody, everybody's happy. I didn't have to cook, I didn't have to embarrass myself, 
I, so anyway, we had people over for dinner last week. Somehow, Michelle talked me out of ordering the food, and so we cooked. And I said to one of the guys, I said, I, oh, shoot, I wish I could remember. It's such a good quote. I cook for utility, not for hospitality. Like, listen, I could cook food. You won't get food poisoning. You won't die. But your life won't be colorful. It will be like the beginning of The Wizard of Oz. Black and white. Somewhere over there. You're, you're dreaming of being at someone else's. Man, I wish I was out there. Look at what they posted on Facebook. Look what they're feeding their guests. We're here at Pastor Nate's house. And we have romaine lettuce. So, but you develop those skills. You develop... Go visit, uh, you, you know, go visit someone's house in the South, learn what they do, come back to the North, just do what they did. Just do what they did. All right? Oh, here's a chair. Here's an Afghan. Here's a whole pie. Here's a coffee. It's just, we learn the skills in order to practice and participate in what God's calling us to do. In today's digital world, potentially you spent your entire life behind the screen, so you really don't know how to communicate face-to-face. That's fine, but don't blame that on being introverted, all right? You don't know how to communicate without a keyboard, or you don't have to know how to talk to face-to-face because you've only communicated through a mic set, through a video game screen. Listen, you've, you haven't had to develop those skills. You can develop those skills. All right, and, and the stereotype is if you're homeschooled, you don't have any of those skills, right? Or I don't wanna, I'm afraid to homeschool my kids because they won't, have, they won't know how to interact with people. And listen, that's not true for every homeschoolers, only the ones who work for me. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was in the room, so that was just a cheap shot. Somewhere he's crying. Um, the... Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. My glasses are literally steaming up here. This is getting uncomfortable. So, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and... Sorry, I've, I always, I'm like, I don't even know how long I've been talking. Feels like a long time. People look like I've been talking a long time. Um, I just need to check that. So anyway, put on the new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Again, we're developing skills. We're developing characteristics. We're saying, where is there a deficiency? What does Christ's word call me to? I will develop myself to be more like Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. God's communicated through his word to every Christian. Be, uh, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Right? First Peter chapter 4, verse number 9. For every Christian, show hospitality without grumbling. We recognize that command. We look back to 
Philippians chapter 2. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. So I don't say to God, hey, God, I know you're telling me to be hospitable, but I'm introverted. So too bad. No, I say, God, you're calling me to do this. It feels impossible. It feels difficult. It feels scary. It feels like I'm going to melt down. It feels like I caught what that greeter has. (laughs) I feel in trouble, God. But would you help me? But would you empower me? But would you make me courageous? God, I want to obey you. I don't know how, I don't think I can, but God, I want to obey you, so I'm going to take the step. Please, oh God, be with me. Please, God, help me. Here's problem number three. Uh, So anyway, problem number one, your focus on characteristic, not on character. Problem number two, you're neglecting personal development. Problem number three, you're unaware of spiritual attacks. Unaware of spiritual attacks. We're talking about, I'm an introvert, it's not a spiritual attack. No, it's a spiritual attack trying to keep you from engaging in the, in the church, keep you from engaging in the commands and the life that God's called you to, a spiritual attack keeping you from, uh, from participating in his mission. A couple things to know here. Uh, being an introvert does not equal social anxiety. All right, it does not equal the same thing. So if you may be experiencing social anxiety, you gotta understand that's not a fact of being an introvert, that's a fact, that's another problem. You can get counseling through social anxiety. You'll always be an introvert, all right? These are not the same thing. So just because you're feeling anxiety, don't blame it on, on, on being an introvert because that's not the same thing. The other thing is social anxiety does not always equal social anxiety. And what we're communicating, we're, I feel social anxiety. When the music starts, I feel like I need to leave. I just have a hard time being at church. It's a big crowd. You had no problem. Well, okay, church, worship night here, you know, based on our auditorium size, probably the largest service we could have is 400 people in a single service at, at any of our, our auditoriums. And you're like, I can't go to a service, 400 people there. But yet you go to Gillette and you're like, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. Or um, I saw people at the Jonas Brothers concert this week, people at a Lumineers concert this week, uh, people at a Restoration uh, Worship concert this week, and I was throwing a concert too, but none of you came. But just keep listening to the podcast, and I'll keep leaving you sweet ballads there. You're unaware. So you've got to recognize, and maybe something you've never thought about this before, is this social anxiety or is it a spiritual attack? Wait a minute, I can go to a concert with 30,000 people, I can go to a sports game with 35,000 people, I can go to a Patriots game with 50,000 people and feel no worry, shoulder to shoulder, back to back, lips to lips, this is just tight quarters. And I feel no anxiety at all, but when I show up at church service and I've got a seat empty next to me and a seat empty on the other side of me, to my left and to my right, I'm overwhelmed. Too many people. I've got to leave. Could we, could I teach you for a second? That's not social anxiety. That's a spiritual attack. 
Every week when you come to service, God wants to do something in your life. Every week when you come to service, there's a spiritual enemy who does not want God to do something in your life. The moments you feel like you need to run out of the room are the moments you need to sit there because breakthrough is coming. The moment you feel like, I'm going to leave, you're going to know God is about to do something if you'll stay engaged and stay put and don't bail out. It's not social anxiety. It's not being an introvert. It's a spiritual attack. I want to share with you a couple of scriptures on this. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 says, be alert and of sober mind. And I'll make a connection right there of sober mind, whether you're smoking, taking gummies, uh, uh, drinking. When you're not sober minded, the enemy has an opportunity to bring about these social anxieties, to bring about this tension and to keep you trapped. So be alert, be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. It's not social anxiety, it's a spiritual attack. You're not the only person who's ever felt it. You're not the only person who's felt it today. Stay put. God has something for you. James chapter four, verse number seven. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Instead of you fleeing from God, fleeing from church, fleeing from circles, fleeing from your small group, resist the devil. He will be the one who has to flee. He can't torment you forever. And honestly, sometimes... The moment we just say, hey, no, I'm going to actually stay and have my life changed. I'm actually going to go to the altar and, and pray. I'm actually going to join a Bible study. All of a sudden now we've got a victory where we never had victory any, before. Last thing here, 2 Corinthians chapter 2.11. Um, it, it starts here halfway through a sentence, but it says, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Or we're talking about we're, we're unaware of spiritual attacks or we're ignorant of spiritual attacks. We're experiencing a spiritual attack and we're calling it social anxiety. All right, we're misnaming something. And, we're, and oftentimes we're losing something that we don't have to lose. We're being controlled by something. We gotta recognize it's just a spiritual enemy. And in the name of Jesus, all darkness has to flee. In the name of Jesus, the enemy cannot stay around. In the name of Jesus, these social anxieties that are spiritual attacks trying to make you feel uncomfortable, trying to make you quit, trying to make you bail out, they will leave in Jesus' name. What's the solution? A lot of problems. What's the solution? If you're an introvert and you're like, I just don't, I just don't want to. What do we do? What's the solution? Listen, we place all things at the foot of the cross. We bring everything to the foot of the cross. I lay it here. I lay down my preferences. I lay down my desires. I lay down my life, my, my, my characteristics, my personality traits, my tendencies. I lay it down at the foot of the cross. And none of these things are going to hinder me or stop me or keep me from living out your call of my life, 
your plan for my life, your purposes for my life, your assignment on my life, I will do what you've said. That's how we respond in every area of our life. Every area, like, you know, my, my characteristic is just to let it fly. My wife makes me mad, I let it fly. I just, just my character, it's just how I raise, just my characteristic. Listen, you're, are you a follower of Jesus or are you not? If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't say, well, that's who I am, that's how I was raised, that's how it's gonna be. No, you say, all parts of me are subject to the scripture. All parts of me are going to yield to this. I'm going to become like this. I'm going to work out my salvation. I'm going to become like Jesus. And that's just going to stay how I am. And in every part of our life. Last scripture, and then I'll, I'll close with a story. Romans 13, 14. It says, instead, again, with the solution, we went through some problems. You get all these problems. I'm an introvert. Listen, instead of using that as your excuse, instead... Clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourselves in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil desires. Sometimes we go through a process of thinking about how could I cancel on this event? How can I, you know, maybe, my, maybe I'll be lucky and I'll go outside, I'll get a flat tire. <laughs> um, you, you know, and I won't have to go, I won't have to participate, I won't have to take the step, I won't have to challenge myself, I won't have to grow, I can just hide. Clothe yourselves instead with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. This involves taking time to put on Jesus, taking time to put on Christ, taking time to become like Him, to, to read the scripture, to have your mind renewed, to challenge where you are in your own comfortability in order to obey Christ, obey God, and do what he's called you to do. It takes time to put on Christ, and other times we just like to get by. Well, I can put on Christ, but I'm feeling pretty good. Yesterday, my, my son was, he was asking me, Dad, can we go, can we go uh, ride four-wheeler? Can we go ride a dirt bike a four-wheeler together? And I was working on something, and I'm like, well, I was planning on working till church tomorrow. <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, but please, we haven't done it, we haven't done it. And so I'm finally like, okay, you, you know, one more minute and I'll, and I'll help you. And I was true to that, one more minute, we parked, and went and got helmets, and, and uh, started the dirt bike up, started the four-wheeler up. And I was thinking, I, and I thought, I thought, I probably shouldn't ride the dirt bike with Crocs on. Probably should change. I was wearing Crocs. I like, probably should change these. Like, I don't want to go put on boots and go inside. And I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So I go riding dirt bike with Crocs on. We were riding around for about, about an hour, maybe about halfway through. Um, there was like this little maple tree that I, I mean, I was going like half a mile an hour just trying to get around a stump. And I hit the maple tree and it bent all my toes backward underneath my foot. And now my toes like a dark brown this morning and I'm hobbling and I'm feeling like I played, anyway, I'm feeling old and I'm feeling stupid, right? Because I knew I need to dress differently. I need to clothe myself differently for what I'm about to do. But I didn't want to take the time. And listen, let me just tell you, it takes time to clothe on, to, 
to put on Christ, to clothe yourself in Christ, to clothe yourself in his word. But you don't regret it when you do it. All right, because sometimes there's falls, but the boots are protecting your toes and your ankles and your shins. They're protecting you. And Christ, there's going to be some falls. There's going to be some hiccups. But Christ is protecting you. He's protecting you. And any injury we ever face as a Christ follower would be, be so much more difficult. And the recovery is so much longer if we didn't know Christ through it. Listen, introvert, not a disorder. It's not an excuse. We follow the Bible. We follow God. We follow Jesus. No matter what our personality is. We you close your eyes? And I want you to think about this. All right? Close yourself in Christ. What's something practical you could do? What's just a little small thing you can do to overcome your shyness, to overcome this feeling of, I'm an introvert, I, I actually don't want to talk to anybody. I, I get that, all right? I, I've often said that um, when, I, when I was growing up, I had two best friends, and that's all I need. That was my capacity. I had three good friends, two best friends, another good close friend. So three close friends. That was all I needed. Right now, I have a wife and four kids. I'm over capacity. I feel like I have no relational bandwidth at all. Like, I, you know... I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. Like, I get that part of it. But Christ has called us. And so I say, God, empower me, strengthen me to do what feels impossible to do on my own. So what's the practical thing you do? You know what? An amazing, easy, I mean, I say easy, but it doesn't involve more time or it doesn't involve too much of you. When service ends, Stay. Put a timer on your phone for 10 minutes. And when service ends, hit the timer, put it in your pocket, stay after service just for 10 minutes. Normally, you're the first one out because you're like, I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> stay for 10 minutes and start doing that every week and see, and, and see what happens. Come to worship night. You're like, the introverts in you, like, I, I'm done. I don't need, you, you know, that's enough small talk and shaking hands and weird eye contact and awkward conversations. I'm, I'm okay. Come to worship night. Come a little bit early. Stay a couple of minutes late. Again, set a timer just to help you to, to develop that skill and, and just two little easy things you can do to begin growing this and being obedient to the scripture in your life. There's a loneliness pandemic in the world and in the church. Listen, it's because you're clothing yourself in introversion instead of Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And it's a, it's a hard time sometimes when your scripture's calling us to live in a way we don't want to live or in a way that we're not comfortable living. Because the outcome of that is always the John 10, 10 life, life to the overflow. It doesn't feel like overflow. It feels like we're drowning. But I just pray, Jesus, that you and the Holy Spirit would speak to us through your word, through conviction, through encouragement to take these steps, to introduce ourselves, to join a circle and a Bible study, to... To, to serve 
to share our testimony, to share our faith, to, to make a friend, to have a conversation, to be involved. God, the enemy is trying to do anything he can to keep us lonely, to keep us isolated, to keep us separated, to keep us off mission, to keep us out of our assignment. But God, may we serve you with holy reverence and holy fear. May we trust you. May we obey you. And may we love, may we love following you more than we love following ourselves. May we love listening to you more than we love listening to ourselves. And I just lastly pray for anybody who has experienced spiritual warfare to come to, to church. And so maybe they're even joining online today because they can't make their way to the building. Maybe they get as close as the parking lot. They turn around and leave. God, I pray they'd recognize the schemes of the devil and they'd be ignorant about that no more. They would stop letting the enemy control their future and what they want so bad. Jesus, we love you and we pray this all in your name. Amen.